Greta's Story, Chapter 2 Greta was not always a brave hero, famous all over the world for her determination. Before starting her mission in front of the Swedish parliament, she was a wary, quiet, shy girl, the kind of student who doesn't speak in class and sits to one side, somewhere up the back. Nothing particularly exciting had happened in her life, or at least nothing that would make you think that one day she would convince hundreds of thousands of children to follow her example. But environmental issues had always interested her. She was just a little girl when she first heard people talking about them. At eight years of age, she found out that the planet's climate was changing irreversibly. At school, her teachers often reminded the children that in order to save electricity, it was important to turn off the lights every time they left a room and that they shouldn't waste water or food. All these suggestions made Greta curious and she asked them a simple question, why? They explained that people were changing the climate with their behaviour. To Greta, this immediately sounded quite serious. If it was true, then we should all be really worried. You didn't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that this was a big problem. Even to her, as a little girl, it sounded horrifying. And yet, unbelievably, the grown-ups didn't seem too worried. That was the biggest worry of all. How was it possible that none of the grown-ups she knew were doing anything to fix the problem that was staring them in the face? Why were there other and less important issues being discussed on television, in the papers and on the internet, and not this one? How could everyone go on calmly about their business while the world was being threatened with an environmental catastrophe? Greta couldn't find an answer to these questions. She ended up feeling very, very sad. The adults might not have been worried, but she was. There was something else about Greta that set her apart from her schoolmates, other than her strong interest in the environment. At the age of 11, the doctors had diagnosed her with Asperger's syndrome. People who suffer from Asperger's often become interested in a particular issue and think about it obsessively without being able to let it go. This is exactly what was happening to Greta. Most of us, most of us are overwhelmed every day by lots of different stories, information and news. They have an impact on us, they affect our feelings, they worry us, but pretty soon, almost always, we forget about them because we are so caught up in the things we're doing. We might be really worried about pollution, but then we end up moving those thoughts to a tiny corner of our minds. We hop in the car or on our scooter to drive over to visit our best friend without thinking about exhaust fumes and how they poison the air. For Greta, it wasn't so easy. Her brain works in a slightly different way to most people. For her, the world is black or white. There are situations that are right and others that are wrong. You can't just decide that pollution is terrible and then keep on polluting the planet in your everyday life. At school one day when Greta was still little, the teacher showed the class a documentary on plastic pollution in the ocean. The film showed starving polar bears and other animals in distress. Like all the other children in the class, Greta was very moved and worried by the story. She cried all the way through the film. However, when the lights were turned on at the end, her classmates started thinking about other things. Break time, what to do after school, tomorrow's homework. But Greta found she couldn't do that. The images of the planet polluted by plastic were stuck in her head and refused to go away. Because she was so interested in the environment, Greta had once entered a competition run by a Swedish daily newspaper. She did some research and wrote an article. Her entry was judged to be the best and she won the competition. The article was published and several activists, people committed to protecting the environment, 
contacted the young writer, curious about such a well-informed schoolgirl. Thanks to the newspaper, Greta was able to get to know people who shared her concerns. They were trying to draw the rest of the country's attention to the issue by starting discussions and searching for solutions. Unfortunately, none of their many ideas convinced enough people and nothing happened. But Greta was not ready to give up. Greta's mind worked in another very special way. She would focus intently on something that interested her. Asperger's syndrome makes people determined and capable of extraordinary commitment. For years, Greta did in-depth research into climate change, building up a wealth of information, which was unusual for a girl her age. She knew as much about it as an adult expert might. During a school outing to a museum, she noticed that some of the information about carbon dioxide on the wall panels was wrong. She became very angry about the error, so much so that she left the class group dropped out of the tour and went and sat by herself near the entrance of the museum. The more she read, the more her discoveries worried her. She wondered what her future would be like if the temperature of the planet continued to increase. Her thoughts were dark and terrifying and difficult to face without being overcome by depression. Unfortunately, Greta had never been a talkative girl, so she kept her turmoil to herself till she became so sad and depressed that she could no longer leave the house in the morning or go to school. Then, at the age of 11, the sadness became an illness. It was as if something cracked inside her head. The doctors called it depression. She stopped talking and reading and even eating. In two months, she lost approximately 10 kilograms. She didn't feel life was worth living because there was too much injustice in the world. She couldn't explain what was happening to her and she wasn't silent and she was silent and despairing. Her parents wondered if something had happened at school, but her teachers said no. They said that Greta was too quiet, that she tended to cut herself off from the others and hardly spoke. Her mother struggled to understand. To her, that didn't seem to be such a big problem. She had been quiet and introverted as a young girl herself. What was the big deal? As Merlina, her mother, grew up, she had found comfort in her music. Singing had helped her become more confident and find her place in the world. This was a very difficult time for Melina as she tried to meet her work commitments and deal with her daughter's illness. She was the star of a major show in Stockholm, singing and dancing in front of thousands of spectators. Should have been a happy time, but performing in front of an audience when you know that your daughters are un unwell at home is terrible. You see, while Greta was struggling with depression, her sister, Vita, also started showing signs of illness. She could not handle confusion. Noise bothered her and she found it difficult to attend classes, just like Greta. The two sisters were seen by lots of doctors who tried to understand exactly what was going on for them. It wasn't easy, but finally they were able to give a name to what made Greta and Vita different, Asperger's syndrome. At that point, Greta's parents started looking for a solution that would allow the two girls to return to a normal life, one step at a time. For people like them, situations that are absolutely normal to other people can be very challenging. Daily life can be very complicated and Greta and Vita could not go back to their previous routine. Greta's parents were very committed to supporting their daughters. It was a serious situation. They stopped working to help them get through this difficult time. Greta was unable to attend classes with her school friends and no one could convince her 
so she didn't go to school for a year. She sat quietly on the couch at home. However, her parents' first concern was convincing her to start eating again. Apart from going to doctor's appointments, there wasn't much for her to do to pass the time. The days dragged by in the large timber house at the top of the hill, and her sadness refused to lift. Things changed the day Greta managed to open up. She realised that by talking about her fears with her mum and dad, she felt a little better. Her parents were very alert to what was going on in the world around them. They believed that everyone had the right to live in peace. Greta pointed out that they were right to be concerned about the human race, but they were forgetting one essential aspect, the environment people lived in. While they were worried about people fleeing wars, they continued to travel, eat meat and drive big cars and were therefore damaging the planet. In the beginning, her parents tried to reassure Greta that everything would turn out for the best. However, while she liked sharing her ideas and being listened to, Greta knew perfectly well that problems don't just solve themselves, especially big ones like climate change. Because she wasn't going to school, Greta had more time on her hands than before. She decided it would be a good idea to explain her point of view more clearly. Her mother and father listened to her and were happy to discuss environmental issues with her. But they had never really understood how serious the situation was. So their daughter started showing them photos, statistics, graphs and other information. She sat down with them on the sofa and showed them movies and documentaries. She gave them newspaper articles and reports written by respected journalists. After being faced with this information, Greta's parents were no longer only concerned about their daughter. The planet wasn't doing too well either. Might it be possible that Greta was right and that everyone else was making a big mistake by not taking the environment seriously enough? Her parents realised that they and their unsustainable lifestyle were the problem. This came as a big shock to them. Greta could not accept that her family lived so irresponsibly. Suddenly, thanks to her, they opened their eyes to the importance of the environment. Something had changed. They had started to really listen to what their daughter was saying. They no longer just talked to her to make her feel better. They were now really interested, worried and alert to the issues that were close to her heart. This was what changed things. Greta, who in the meantime had turned 15, understood that it might make all the difference. Just as she had convinced her mother and father, she might be able to change the minds of other people. There was a lot to do and gradually she overcame her depression with a new sense of purpose. Melina, a famous opera singer, and Svante, her father, an actor and writer who was very well known in Sweden, changed their opinions thanks to their daughter. Their work often took them around the world. Melina in particular went on concert tours. Greta had made her think about the environmental impact of every aeroplane she boarded to travel to a city far away, perhaps on the other side of the world. In order to lift hundreds of passengers and their baggage into the sky, aircraft engines burn large quantities of fuel and release carbon dioxide, which builds up in the atmosphere and raises the temperature of the planet. One day, Melina went to Tokyo for an important concert, which was broadcast on television and watched by a large audience. It was an exciting occasion because it meant she was reaching out to a totally new audience. When she got home, Greta talked to her about the environmental impact of the trip she had just been on. It didn't make sense to be happy about success in her work 
and just ignore the negative impact of the, on the environment. Many aspects of the Thunberg's lifestyle could be criticised, not only their air travel. Greta patiently explained it all to her parents. Because she'd done her research, she was well prepared. She quoted scientists and answered her mum and dad's questions. Svante and Melina knew very little about these issues. They had just a vague idea. In the beginning, they tried to fight back, but soon they ran out of excuses. Greta was always right. She set an example, deciding she would be very careful about the things she bought. If something wasn't absolutely necessary, she would do without. She decided she would no longer travel by air. If she couldn't go on holidays to exotic, faraway places, that was just too bad. In Stockholm, she rode her bike and wasn't at all concerned about the cold, which in Sweden can be particularly severe. The cold, the rain and the snow are only a problem if you don't dress properly. For longer journeys, she caught the train. Not only did her parents accept these decisions, they ended up following her example. On her frequent work-related trips, Melina Thunberg no longer travelled by air. For years, Melina had moved from one part of the world to the other, taking her family with her. When Greta was a baby, the Thunberg family travelled from one theatre to another. Of course, they couldn't leave baby Greta at home by herself. So for a while, Svante stopped working as an actor in order to accompany his wife on tour and look after their daughters. He decided to sacrifice his career to look after his family. Peter was born soon after Greta. With, with two babies, there was no option. At least one of the two parents had to take time off work. Svante didn't like the idea of giving up the stage to raise his baby girls. Besides, he enjoyed travelling. When Greta and Vito were older, the Thunberg settled in Stockholm, but Melina continued with her busy concert schedule, e even travelling abroad to places that could only be reached by plane. After Greta convinced her, she gave up her international career. She preferred being a little less famous and playing her part in protecting the environment. Mr Thunberg became a vegetarian like his daughter. Thanks to the books Greta showed them, he discovered how much intensive animal farming pollutes the environment. They started growing vegetables in a small garden just outside the city, installed solar panels and bought an electric car to be used only when absolutely necessary. For everyday travel, they rode their regular bikes. A little at a time, the Thunbergs got rid of all the bad habits and behaviours that were harmful to the planet. Greta had won her first battle. Greta had always paid attention to climate change. But the summer of 2018 was a turning point. The weather was incredibly hot, much more so than normal. Swedish people wore singlets and tried to keep cool by dipping their feet in the cold waters of the Baltic Sea. Many people would say there's nothing strange about that. After all, it was summer, right? But Sweden is in Scandinavia, which is tucked away in the northern part of the world's maps. A Scandinavian summer is like springtime in the European countries near the Mediterranean. The air is a bit warm and the sun shines, but it isn't as hot as in southern Europe. However, in 2018, the temperature reached, reached record highs, the highest ever recorded in 262 years. While warm temperatures can be nice for people who aren't familiar with global warming, fires, fires are a real problem that everybody understands. Wildfires can be catastrophic, and that summer there were lots of wildfires in Scandinavia. Fires were burning everywhere, even in the remote north, in the region called Lapland. Something occurred that had never happened before. More than 60 fires devastated entire forests. 
This was partly due to the high temperatures, the dry climate, and the fact that it hadn't rained in almost two months. The small number of firefighters working in the north fought the blazes non-stop, and they called for help and reinforcements to deal with the situation. They were unprepared for the fires. Volunteers, helicopters and even the army were called in, but the blazes seemed unstoppable. Entire villages were evacuated because it was too dangerous to remain close to the fires. Black smoke turned the sky dark. Firefighters and ordinary people such as Gunnar Lundstam, the chief firefighter of the village, battled the fires for almost two consecutive days without rest. The temperatures rose to 30 degrees Celsius, an unbelievable temperature for freezing Lapland, which spends most of the year under a blanket of snow. Everyone talked about what was going on. Newspapers with dramatic headlines arrived in the shops, but no one did anything practical. No one except Greta. Actually, Compared to many other countries around the world, Sweden takes its environmental problems quite seriously. Swedish politicians are aware of how bad the situation is and have tried to tackle it. They were the first country in the Western world to draft and pass a law to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, with an ambitious goal of reducing them to zero by the year 2045. If everyone behaved like the Swedes, we would certainly be doing the planet a big favour. However, for Greta this wasn't enough. More was needed, and it needed to be done without waiting all those years. This is what the scientists said, and there was no reason why she shouldn't believe them. Furthermore, the issue had been practically ignored recently. This was a concern, because in the months leading up to the election, politicians from the various parties discussed their views on the issues they considered most important. They explained what they would do if they were elected and tried to convince voters to vote for them and their ideas. There was an important issue it was addressed and discussed during the election campaign but despite the fires that had devastated the country during the summer there was very little political discussion about climate change politicians did not seem particularly interested in the issue it would take someone with courage to draw their attention to it and remind them what the real priority should be this is why the weeks leading up to the election was so important for greta